Hello, friends. My name is Jesse Pruitt, and you are listening to the Light of Hope podcast. We are happy to uh, be able to do this. We're glad you joined us. <clears throat> so let's get right to it. The last episode, we finished up chapter 5 in John, the Gospel of John. We are committed to teaching through a book at a time, and currently we are teaching through the Gospel of John. Now, <clears throat> we say, pardon me, we say we're doing this in the tradition of um, the Through the Bible radio, but we're not claiming to be <laughs> as good as we're. We're not doing that. We're just uh, doing it in that kind of style. So in that tradition is what we mean, okay? Um, <clears throat> making no claims other than we're just going to do our best to get through the Word of God and to share that with you. John chapter 6. So if you have your Bible handy, let's read together. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias, now, after these things, what, what does that mean? That's like reading therefore in the scripture when you, uh, I think it was Bill Stafford used to say, when you see therefore, find out what it's there for. Now, there is obviously something that we need to know from previous things. So after these things, obviously chapter five, <clears throat> which is just kind of a given, but we, we also learn that many scholars believe it was probably uh, at least six months, possibly a little bit longer between chapter five and chapter six. That's kind of the timeline there. Um, <clears throat> and we are, we understand at this point, about one year, probably one year prior to the cross. So he's got about a year left in his plan. And after these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and verse 2 says, and a great multitude. Now, the King James says, and I'm not critical here, just just understand. The King James says the, the great multitude followed him because they, were, they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Now, <clears throat> again, not being critical, just the, the tense of the verbs seems to be more like this. And a great multitude was following him because they were seeing the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Now, it's, it's, we're not being judgmental. We're just simply saying it's pretty clear here that the people that were following were, they were, they were kind of a, you might say, a, a temporal type mindset. <clears throat> they were following him because of the signs. Now, we have just completed the previous episode, and we talked about one of the five witnesses being the works or the miracles, or as they would put it, the attesting miracles. The attesting miracles, which are the works which Jesus performed, which proved from Old Testament prophecy that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the sent one, the one from God who came and was born of a virgin. A lot of people have difficulty with that, but you're just going to have to have difficulty because that's what God's word says. He was born of a virgin. If he'd been a man just like you and I, he would have had the same uh, lost nature that we had. <clears throat> some There are some theologies, and I don't want to get too bogged down here. Some theologies believe that Jesus was a man and that... And that uh, and I don't want to blow you out of the water here, but <laughs> they believe that at the baptism that somehow God came into this man's body, you know, in that 
time when the Spirit descended. So I won't go too far because I don't want to confuse you. But just understand this. Jesus was not simply a man. He was a man, but he was all man and all God at the same time. Okay? (laughs) You need to know that. He was all man and all God. We call that the hypostatic union. Now, that's something that you have to take by faith. All man, all God. I, I've just said, and I maybe just my ignorance in, in stating it, but he's the only 200% person that ever lived. Okay, He's 100% God, 100% man. That's just the way it is. God incarnate, God in the flesh. Okay, Now, let's move on. They saw, they were following him, and it's a natural thing. And not being ugly, being critical, it's natural for people to follow something that's miraculous. So it was proof of his messiahship. It was proof that he is who he says he is, but at the same time, we understand from the scriptures, and Jesus also has stated on a number of occasions uh, that the scripture states that he was not committing himself to them. We're going to see that a little bit later in a couple more chapters, but he was not committing himself totally to them because he knew their hearts, okay? He knew that they were following for this reason. You know what? We have a lot of people today doing the same thing. Again, not being critical, not being ugly, and not trying to find fault, but I'm just calling it what it is. A lot of people follow because of something that can be done for them, okay? That's why it's so important. Let me just interject this right here. It's so important for us to not get up and preach without making sure we or, or test just witness to someone without making sure we present the gospel message. Everybody is not just naturally born a Christian. We don't come into this world like some theologies believe that we're just all God's children and then we just need to get a little closer. No, we're not. We were maybe in one sense, uh, but because of the fall uh, in the Garden of Eden, then all men has a sinful nature. That sinful nature has to be redeemed. Jesus Christ comes and makes us alive again by grace through faith. We'll spend more time on that, but you need to understand that not just everybody is a child of God. We're we're, we're children of the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, you might say, because, and, and Boy, I may have stepped off into something too deep here to, to deal with properly. But, there, you know, there's we're all God's creation, yet we're not all God's children, okay, until we come through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It just We'll just suffice it to stop right there on that because we're going to get too deep into something that I, I don't have time to deal with, okay, and I'll deal with it more properly later. So a great multitude was following him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. That's a great thing. That's a good problem to have. Now, let's get to the thing. The message today, we want to we want to just title this Christ and the Kids Meal. <laughs> Christ and the Kids Meal from a Kids Meal to a King's Feast. We're going to see this and we're we're just going to deal with about through verse 14. It's all we're going to have time for. Okay, so let me get to it. Jesus went up to the mountain now, he kind of walked away from the people who were following him, you might say. And and those who I've read after 
it's called mountains. It's kind of like some places, you know, they'd say, yeah, I don't have any mountains over there. It was only about maybe 3,000 feet elevation and average in the whole place. So it was mountains, but it had some jagged rocks, and it, you know, had that look. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just simply saying that's what they referred to it as a mountain. He went up on the hillside, if you will, or up on the mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. And we find in verse 4, or verse 3, where he sat down with his disciples, and we find in verse 4, now the Passover, the Feast of the Jews, was at hand. Now this is where John anchors his timeline here, so we know what's what. And verse 5, Jesus therefore lifting up his eyes and seeing that a great multitude was coming to him, obviously the multitude that had been following. And he said something to Philip. Philip and his buddy Andrew in verse 8 were both kind of quiet guys. You know, we don't hear a whole lot out of them. Of course, Andrew is the one that brought Simon Peter. But they might kind of, you might say they're kind of a deep thinker type person. And Christ said something to him here. And he asked him a question just to kind of test him, to, to get him to thinking, you might say. And he says in verse 5, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread that these may eat? He knew what he was going to do, and he says that in verse 6. He did this to test him because he knew what he was going to do, okay? In verse 7, Philip answered, and he said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. Now, this is very significant here. I want to just spend a moment here. What was a denarii? A denarii, uh, a denarius was a penny, a penny worth, some versions say penny worth or Basically, what that was was a day's wages. So 200 days wages. Man, that's almost a year. That's three quarters of a year, pretty close to it. You know, that's a, that's a lot of money. It was a lot of money to them. And Dr. McGee says he thinks that it might have been what the amount that they had. Why did he pick that amount, you know? Dr. McGee says it might have been what they had in the treasury. <laughs> it was just, you know, maybe maybe Judas had just made a report. You know, I don't know. But um, he said... Basically, and let's just use that for a moment, because I believe that's sound thinking. Everything we have in our possession right now won't do the job. That's what he was saying. So he got with Andrew in verse 8. And Andrew probably been walking around, you know, looking at all the people and checking them out and seeing what was going on. You know, he's been a good Baptist. He's seen what we had to, to work with, you know. And he says in verse 9, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves. Now, this wasn't a big loaf of bread like we might buy from the store. This was more like somebody said, more like a hamburger bun size or maybe just a cathead biscuit. You know, some of us country boys grew up with and two fish or fishes. But what are these for so many people? What good is that? So here we got one guy who says everything we have in our possession won't, won't do it. This is a place we need to get to. Now, there's a couple things I want us to see. It's not sufficient for them. So a lot of times in our lives we have, I'm going to make application real quick so we can hurry through this. We don't want to take forever. A lot of times what we have is an insufficient sustenance. We, we, we just don't have enough. We can't do what God's moving us to do. And that's a good reason. We have an insurmountable problem. He wants us to trust him because we have an infallible Savior 
And that infallible Savior brings about an inexhaustible supply. Now, I hurried through that. But let's look at verse 10. Jesus said, have them all sit down. He kind of did things in in order. I mean, it's property and in order, okay? Someone had suggested that perhaps all these people, I think it was Mark that said that they were set down in, in, you know, in certain sections, uh, perhaps by their tribes, their, their families, you know, they might've all had some markings on their clothing, you know, this, this possibility here, uh, that, that, you know, kind of distinguished them with tribes, families, you know, communities, uh, those kind of things. And if somebody had been looking from a hilltop, they might have seen such a beautiful patchwork of a quilt. I mean, it might have just been a beautiful sight because everything the Lord does, he does in order and he does decently. Okay. It doesn't mean it has to be strict and, you know, and straight laced and, you know, to the point of choking out the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about that. But at the same time, he does things that that make sense. Okay. <clears throat> have them all sit down. Verse 10. There was a lot of grass in the place. The men sat down in number about 5,000. Now it's not... I don't think it's a a way out there reach for us to believe that each man probably had a wife and a child. Okay, so there was probably a good guess of about 15,000 people. That's a a good estimate. Not a lot of of people. Okay, a lot of people to feed with a kid's meal. That's what we have. So you can see their... (laughs) Their insurmountable problem right there. They have a, we have an insufficient sustenance. I mean, we don't have enough. We can't do what God calls us to do. That's why he uses those of us who are just stuttering and stammering. And, uh, you know, we get educated the best we can. We do the best that we can. We try to, you know, perform the best that we can for his sake, not for ours. But yet we're still people. But God already knows we're just people, and he wants to use us so that he gets the glory, not us. Okay? That's why we talked about this last uh, episode. You know, it's it's all to God's glory. So all of my stammering and stuttering and, and country boy slang and <clears throat> inability to speak properly, I butcher the English language. Oh, I mean, I do the best that I can, <laughs> and I try to I try to learn all that I can, but it's, it's all about him. It's not about me. So you're not going to think I'm just the greatest thing that ever came along, you know, because I want you to think Jesus is the greatest thing that ever came along. That's the point. Okay. All right. So verse 11, he he took the loaves, having give thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise, all of the fish as much as they wanted. Now, uh, I think one of the versions says, one of, one of the gospels says that he handed it basically to the disciples, and the disciples distributed it to uh, all the people. They would take a handful. Where did the miracle take place? Well, it doesn't matter. The point is the miracle took place the minute they trusted Jesus. The minute they trusted him, gave it all into his hands, that's the miracle. Now, whether it happened into him handed it into their hands or their, them handed it into the people's hands, wherever the, the thing took place, every time they came back, he had more. That's the point. That's the whole point right there. So he took a kid's meal and turned it into a king's feast. All right, so... Verse 11 says, <clears throat> he distributed to those who were seated. Uh, John says he did it. And, and and the point is, yes, he was the one doing it. Okay. 
likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. Now, a lot of these people right here probably were like a lot of people nowadays. They might have never had a full tummy. They might have never been fully satisfied. And that's what's going on today. Boy, I could preach for a while on this because there are a lot of people who were spiritually starving, just spiritually hungry. And I'm not equating people to an old dog, but you, you feed an old stray dog. He's not going to leave. He's going to come back. People wondering why they're coming to my church and, and not sticking around. Uh, first person I'm going to question is myself. Am I feeding them? You know, yes, some are going to come and go. But am I feeding them? Am I spending enough time with God? Am I spending that time alone with him where he speaks to my heart and through my mouth to the point where they're getting fed? If they're getting fed, they're going to stick around. Okay, now there are other reasons that take place. Some people are mean and ugly and, you know, don't like them sitting in their seat and somebody comes along and I'm not going to get off into that. But you know what I mean? There are a lot of other reasons that could take place. But these people got fed as much as they wanted. They got full. Now look at verse 12. And when they were filled, they were full. <laughs> their tummies got full. That's the way everybody ought to be when they come to church every week. They ought to get full spiritually and said to his disciples, now gather up the f leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Oh, this is an important point right here. I want you to get this right here. This is vital. And I used to think like some others that, you know, maybe a guy was picking up a piece and come, boy, that's good. And took a bite and threw it aside and grabbed another one. You know, I always thought that the fragments and the way that the text reads here, it's easy for us to see. Well, these were just a bunch of, you know, leftover things that people didn't eat. And they just kind of, you know, like the scraps and they're not scraps. These weren't scraps. Get that out of your head, because that's not what this was. What this was right here is uneaten untouched food it was only touched by the master and it, and those who were making it available this was uneaten food and gather up the leftovers that nothing may be lost this is what i want you to understand there's a couple things here real quickly we don't need to waste god's time we don't need to waste god's resources and don't get so hung up on that that you just never see anything else. Because some people are so, we just can't spend that. because You know, that's not about spending or not spending. Just don't get tied up in those temporal things. Yes, we want to be good stewards of what God gives us. But don't waste God's time. And don't waste God's miracles. First of all, you have to have those miracles available. Are we available to the point where we make ourselves available to God? And not waste what he gives us. My goodness. Okay. 13 and 14. They gathered up and filled 12 baskets. <laughs> they only had five little old biscuits and two fish. And now they got 12 baskets full. That basket was about a half a bushel. What we might call in the country a peck. You know, that's what they carried around. That's their usual um, that's what they carried their stuff in, you know, you didn't have pockets on those robes. So they just carried their stuff and that's kind of, that was an everyday thing. They had 12. So you might say they had six bushels. <laughs> I mean, that it, you know, I'm just, I'm just guessing here, but that, I mean, that's what it looks like of fragments or uneaten food from the five barley loaves, which were left by those who had eaten. 
When therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is of a truth, a prophet who is coming to the world. Now we're going to find out, uh, starting in, in verse 15, I'll give you a little hint. We'll get into that next week or next time. They were thinking about making him king by force, okay? So he said, okay, look, Jesus wasn't all about doing something just for himself. He knew he had a mission. He didn't have time for them to install him as king, you know? So he's like, I got to go, guys. So let's let's end this with saying, if we have a great problem, we'll trust God. It reminds me of an old Baptist fellow. I always go back to Baptist stuff because that's where I grew up. <laughs> And this fellow was asleep in two business meeting. He was about half asleep back there in the back. And boy, they said, man, we're running. We got this big issue and we're running out. We don't have enough to handle it. Oh, my goodness. And they were about to vote on, you know, something. And they said, man, we are in a mess. We're going to have to trust God. And the fellow jumped up all of a sudden. That's what he heard. And he goes, oh, my heavens, has it come to that? Yes, my friends, it's come to that. We need to trust God. We need to get desperate enough. Ron Dunn used to say, the situation is desperate, and we're not. We need to get desperate before the Lord, because He has, we have an insurmountable problem, insufficient sustenance. He is an infallible Savior with an inexhaustible supply. Our God is able. Yes, He is. This is not about you know, some kind of, uh, you know, feel-good thing or, you know, all about something on the outside. This is about trusting God and letting God be God and do what He wants to do. Wish I had time to spend talking about the world and the mess we're in, but I'll tell you right now, we got to do what we got to do, and we got to reach a lot of people for Jesus, and we got to do it in a hurry. A big hurry. Running out of time today. Thank you for joining Please share this with others. Share it with as many people as you can. Help us share the gospel with everyone that we possibly can. We don't want to waste any time. Until next time, I'm Jesse Pruitt. You've been listening to The Light of Hope. Not to you.